0: Today on the Homeboys podcast, we are talking with Ricky Carruth of Real Estate and Beyond and Zero to Diamond Coaching. He pulls the curtain
1: back and shows you what work ethic made this all possible. We also cover some great advice for anyone looking to get into real estate. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the Homeboys.
0: Everybody, you're kicking it with the homeboys and the homeboys podcast. We're very excited to bring you a special guest today. We are talking real estate and beyond with Ricky Carruth. He's got a really big following out there on social media and Scotty and I have dove into a lot of his videos. He's a really smart guy and we're very excited to get some of his insights on real estate and beyond today. So without further ado, Ricky, how are you, my friend? What's up, guys? It's good to have you. We thank you for coming on today.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, man. I always love hanging out with the homeboys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we uh, we really uh, we're just getting kind of uh, our feet underneath of us with uh, some special guests. So we're very we're very honored to have you on our show. We love talking real estate, Scotty, and I've been doing this for a very long time. But uh, it's always good to, to have like-minded people on, like you, to learn and grow and uh, share with uh, share with our listeners. So again, it's it's an honor to have you on.
2: Yes, yeah, so oh, likewise, <laughs> likewise, man, I, I love getting together with. Uh With people and chatting it up, man.
1: Yeah. It's uh, a, it's, it's a topic that, uh, sadly, you know, my wife, my wife is bored of. Otherwise I would talk about it in all areas of my life. But when I go home, that's about the only area that the time it's off limits. So tell us a little bit about your uh, backstory and, and, um, kind of your history.
2: No, it's, um, it's pretty, uh, pretty, you know, storybook. It's, uh, 20 years in the business, grew up roofing houses Made a bunch of money when the market exploded in the early 2000s lost it all went back to roofing um, yeah I took everything I learned during that time and came back and just crushed it. Um, I got to where I was selling 100 properties a year um, single agent I you know number one in Alabama and for a while and then uh, five years ago 2017 I was like you know I'm I'm the way that I built the business is pretty unique because I saw all the other coaches and trainers and even brokers, out there really, you know, teaching that close the deal type mentality, you know, and, um, you know, after going through everything I went through, I realized that really wasn't the way to build big, big business. Um, you know, and so I was like, this is a little different. I want to try to make this mainstream. So I just started coaching for free and I started building social media and putting out content, wrote a couple books, started speaking, and it just really took off. Um, and so it's been a it's been a really cool ride, and um, I'm still selling. um, You know, I've kind of stepped you know one foot out of production at this point, and just focusing more on the speaking, writing, coaching, building other businesses, and stuff like that, which I'm a lot more passionate about. Honestly, I've you know twenty years of selling, and those la- the last eight years, I did a hundred deals a year. You know, I got really kind of burnt out, and I think a lot of agents are going to run into that. You know, they. They get into this career and, you know, it's a lot better than the job they had, but at the end of the day, you know, they don't realize after a good 10, 20 years, it's going to go by, they're going to get burnt out on it, you know, and they need to kind of prepare and plan for what that next chapter is going to be, you know, um, you know, not as a new agent, as a new agent, you need to really focus on just really blowing up real estate. But as you do blow it up and, you know, you, you give it a good five, 10, 15 year run, you know, what's next. You know what I mean? A lot of people, it comes to them. For me, it was coaching and getting into that side of it. Um, and then through that personal branding, you know, now being able to build other businesses on top of the brand is super interesting and, uh, it's fun. I'm having fun. This is, you know, I'm working just as hard. I'm not harder than I ever work, but, uh, helping a lot of people. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at up to this, this point. And, you know, moving forward, I'm just trying to just continue building, you know, build the empire. And the goal is, um, you know, to reduce the failure rate in the industry, you know, through, um, you know, so many different strategies and channels and stuff. I, I so
1: I find it interesting that, that you're so upfront about the concept that most people who get their real estate license, think of it as only one thing that you will be a realtor listing, selling houses, doing it yourself, but you seem oh, and to it really comes from push.
2: Experience, you're right. You know, like uh, I thought I'd sell forever. You right. know, I was a single agent forever, and I try to build a team, and you know that just that that's a to me. That's a losing battle, honestly. And um, you know, you work harder on that than you would your business, and probably make more money being a single agent. That's what I did. There's been guys that have put it together, but at the end of the day, you're still not able to walk away you know you're still gonna have to do stuff you can build that corporation style but you know i thought i'd always sell you know i think you're gonna sell until the day that you don't you know, don't you you realize that you know it's uh um, it's not yeah you know, i put it like this i saw and stood by and watched guys that were in their late seventies literally make phone calls till three days before they died. Yeah. You know, calling expired and for sale by owners and everything else. And, you know, I watched and saw that with my own two eyes. Yeah. You know? You well,
0: talk about being about being burnt out and I want you to kind of explain that because I think, you know, we Scotty and I can even speak from a, you know, our standpoint. You know, we've have we are building five hundred apartments right now and yeah. we've uh I don't know there's lots of moving pieces to what we do and it's easy to get burnt out what what do you think led to you getting burnt out as a real estate agent was it the late nights was it family um, you know responsibilities or was it just do you wanted something different
2: yeah I wanted something different you know you just get bored I mean once you climb that mountain you get to the top what else is there you know and it just kind of becomes a monotonous there's nothing you're not really chasing anything at that point you know it's you've already you've already peaked you've already You know, hit the top. Um, There's nowhere else to go. When you get to that part, that's when I started looking around and saying, okay, what can I do? Because in 2017, that was the first year I made a million dollars, and that was the year that I quit prospecting altogether, you know? And so I spent all this time building my business prospecting, and then when you get to that point, you know, once you build your business up to the point where you're making the amount of money you want to make, you don't have to prospect anymore. You can live off your database and maintain that, that level of volume. Um, that's where a lot of agents go wrong. They'll get up to 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, and then they'll just kind of live off their database, and they wonder why they can't get past two hundred, three hundred thousand, 300,000, and they just do two, three 300,000 every year. because they're not growing their database anymore. They're just living off their database. And so you have to continue building to get to the point that... So I was build, 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 all the way to a million dollars. That was the goal. And then when I hit it, that was it. So I hit a million dollars every year since with no prospecting, just you know, off the database. And so you, there's light at the end of the tunnel with this stuff. A lot of people think I got a prospect till I die. Like these guys I was talking about, but if you do it right and you remarket the people correctly, you can build something where, you know, five years, you know, uh, into it. If you've built a database of five or 10,000 people, you've talked to real people and you're remarketing them properly, you don't have to make any more calls ever again. You're just servicing your clients and referrals and stuff like that. And it's a great place to be because those prospects uh, and repeats and referrals, they're not calling three agents and interviewing three agents. They're calling one agent, you know, you, and you're basically just servicing them and they've already decided that you're going to be the agent they're going to go with. So it's a real beautiful place to be, but yeah, it's just a matter of reaching the top. And then saying, "What's next?" Well, there's nothing else left. I've already, you know, turned over every rock. So what can I do now? And so that's when I wrote two books that year, 2017, and started coaching and writing and speaking. And I think it's just like the next chapter. It's like I was, I got bored, honestly. Not that, that's the burnout part of it. Is you know, up until early this year, I was really involved in production. I was still showing processes and listing appointments and negotiations and everything else that I don't do anymore. And so, you know, 2017 was a year I cut that prospecting, you know, knob and quit doing that started coaching and then, you know, five more years and I'm still showing houses and stuff, you know? And so obviously I got, I was bored um, with it in 2017. That's why I started doing other things but then five more years of it being bored, it just finally got to the point, fellows, where I was just done. You know, where I was cringing every time a client was calling me. So that's that's when you know, and um, you know, I was just ready to kind of hang it up. My dad handles all the sales now. He still likes doing it, so you know, he handles all that side of the business, and I'm able to work on these other things that he's also involved in and kind of help build, you know, build the biz, our business, on this end and you know, he, he continues to be on the front end of that. So it's a pretty good setup, but
1: well, it's, you know, I, I man, find I think it intu- different. It's pretty neat that you were able to build your business to that point where, where it was successful enough that you can say, I not only have I reached the mountaintop, but I'm also bored. And I think that's unusual. I'm coming up on in this September, it'll be my 25th and my year 25 being licensed. Mm. Licensed realtor. I just yeah. just did the math as you were talking.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't even throw that number out. I there, know because then people do the math. And I
1: know. I'm old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but um, I, I've seen a lot of market cycles, obviously, and mm. um. And I wonder about this market cycle we're coming into with the, everything cooling off because the Fed dumped yeah. a bucket, bucket of ice water on on uh, the housing market. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have to say for uh, realtors who are kind of who have ridden this elevator ride up for the last five years and have only seen that type of market? What are you suggesting for those kind of folks? What they focus on right now?
2: Well, it's tough because they don't understand the flip side of it. You know, they've only, it's kind of like me when I got in, in 2002, I was kind of born into that really hot market, you know, and I didn't know, I didn't understand. That
0: was my first year in the real estate business also. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand, you know, what the cycles were, right. I was only born into, you know, the, that really hot market. So, um, that's all I knew. And so that's how I thought real estate was done. You know, I didn't know there was anything different. Um, you know, so when everything crashed and burned, I totally crashed and burned, you know, because, you know, I wasn't expecting it cause that's all I knew. Same thing right now. Um, you know, these agents that have only seen it but for me, it's like last year, you know, there were 6.1 million transactions, of course, but man, was it tough? I mean, you know, buyers competing, uh, you know, with so many other buyers and such low inventory. I mean, a lot of transactions, but man, there was a lot of competition in terms of, you know, not agents against agents, but just buyers against buyers, you know, uh, um, against the few listings that would come out. And, you know, one reason there were so many few listings is because they were selling so fast. Um, you couldn't keep a listing on the market, but you know, it's, you know, if you could, honestly, for me, like I look at that market and I think, man, if you could make it during that time, you can make it through anything, you know, and this year is a lot easier, honestly, you know, I mean, it looks like we're going to have about 4.8 million transactions, which is 20% down, you know, but in 2008, we had 4 million transactions. So still got a long way to go to get to those numbers. But even in, even in that time, there was that four million, so many. I mean, that's eight million buyers and or you know four million buyers, four million sellers. That's eight million opportunities. People that use a real estate agent to do a deal, um, like right now, four point eight. That's what nine point you know nine or or whatever the case may be million opportunities in the country. So, I think um, agents need to take a step back and um, just kind of you know, reevaluate their philosophies around the market and, you know, do some data digging, right? Go in their MLS and look at every single day, how many closings are happening every single day. Right, And, and again, you multiply those times two. There's a buyer and seller on every deal and just realize how abundant the deals are. I mean, you know, honestly, there's enough deals. I mean, and the, the thing that people don't understand, we're, we're in a society where people want everything so fast. So like back in the day when, when we used to have to plant food to eat, remember that? (laughs) So those people back there in the entire society, they understood that when you planted the seed, then you had to harvest and it was going to be a long while, you know, a season before you actually got to eat the food from that seed. Right. And so in today's world, you know, everybody wants to plant the seed and then harvest the next day. And kind of the society, society overall has kind of lost touch with that nurturing process. You know, the the in between planting and harvesting, right? And um, they have to understand that in real estate, it's not contract to close. You know, I mean, hell, I could take on fifty contracts right now. Like servicing the contracts, that's easy. That's the easy part. But but where it really is is relationship created to close. Right? the relationship created is that seed that's planted and then the nurturing that relationship till the day they decide to do a deal the deal part's easy and a lot of agents are like oh I'm, I'm, I put it like this if an agent's closing say you know they've closed like three deals this year let's say right they're a brand new agent you know my response is that's all you can handle <laughs> the universe is only going to give you as much as you can handle. Right, because here's the thing: there's unlimited deals, and the fact that you're not doing any more deals than you're doing means that you just can't handle anymore. Oh no, I can handle deals. I can, you know, give me a deal. I can handle it. No, that's not that's not the thing. The thing is, is the creating the relationship. See, that's the work part of it: is putting the work in to get to the conversation, and then having the skill level of communication to create the the, the relationship, but then nurturing the relationship till they decide to do something. See, that's where all the work is contract to close. I can handle a hundred of those at a time, but putting in the work to create enough relationships to, to cultivate a hundred deals. That's a lot of work. And nobody wants to talk about that part of it. They just, it's just like, Oh, I can handle them. No, you can't, you can't handle, you know, any more deals because obviously you're not willing to put the work in to go find the people to have the conversations, to create the relationships, to create the deals.
0: Well, that's what creates a successful real estate agent. I mean, it's it's all prospecting, you know. Right? I mean, a lot of people can learn, you know, how to how to show people, you know, houses or analyze deals or, you know, even all the paperwork with it. But you know, being able to, you know, using an old man's terms, you know, you know, have that Rolodex, you know, is the is the hardest thing. And I think a lot of real estate agents, you know, say, hey, I'm going to get into the business. And I'm going to go take some desk time at a major brokerage. And I'm going to wait for the phone to ring, and I'm going to, you know, that's how I'm going to do it. It's a lot. It's a lot more difficult than that.
1: But also for a lot of our clients who are real estate investors, what we were just talking about before the podcast is we we're seeing a cooling off of these investors uh, on buying, and so we're doing some incentives to, to help them. And it makes me realize how short short sighted people are just in every aspect of real estate, you know, instead of looking at the big picture and the long goals and how you build it more, more, um, you know, a, a 10 a 20, 30 year plan, it, it kind of applies to that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people are, I feel like are too short-sighted with this and are, are worried about each transaction as a transaction where, you know, when you've reached our point in our careers, I mean, a transaction, I, I, they're all important, but they're meaningless to us. I don't We don't even, we're we're so disconnected from that part that you, people get too caught up in the details of it instead of the big picture, in my opinion. Well, if you're going to,
2: if you're going to be a massive agent that has all this great success, you're going to do a thousand deals, 2000 deals, something like that in your career. Um, One deal is not going to be the nowhere even close to the make it or break it for you in your career, you know? But, yeah, it is about prospecting, but it's also about skill level of communication, right? And what the intentions are and what the objective is of that prospecting avenue. And, you know, all prospecting avenues work, every single one of them, you know, and that's another problem. People try to do 15 things, and really you need to narrow it down to two things that work really well and go all in, um, and whatever those things are, you know, it can be cold calling or open houses or social media or Zillow. I mean, all of it works. Anything that puts you in a conversation with someone, it works. But the pro- one of the problems is people don't understand that the real life conversation is the gatekeeper to all closings. So... They sidestep that part, do everything else, and they don't realize that whatever they're doing needs to create at least 10 conversations a day that they can convert into five great conversations. Because when you think about the the little things that add up over time, if you you know, if you have five great conversations a day, you collect their information, remarket to them, and whatever your system is for that. 250 working days a year, you got 6,000 people in your market over five years. You're probably the number one agent in your market at that point. I mean, I've seen a lot of agents, you know, take this and become the top agents in their market over just making five new friends a day with property owners in the market, collecting the information, remarketing them properly. Um, it's really easy stuff. Now, now, what's interesting is, is when you think about it, you know, say you prospect four days a week, let's say. And, you know, you, you you don't prospect one of those days, you prospect three days. Well, if you skip that prospecting session that week, you know, if you're showing property, that's, that's legit. You can skip it for something legit, but most people are skipping it just because they don't feel like it, and it's very insignificant. So if you skip the call session, your business doesn't change at all that week. Same thing if you eat a hamburger today right? You don't look any different tomorrow. But if you skip that call session every week for a year, that's 52 call sessions. Multiply that times the five people you made friends with, what's that? 250, 260 people that would have been in your database. It's not just from that insignificant little thing that you skip, these insignificant little things that are easy not to do and so easy to do. Um, that's what gets people. They, they don't have this long-term vision you know, it's like anything else. And the people that I understand that can see five years out and understand the little things today add up to those big five-year results, they're very pa- patient people. They're like myself. I mean, I look at... oh uh, Your house sounds...
0: Take your time. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to... Uh,
2: All right. Sorry about that, you're, fellas. You're all right. You're all right. Um,
0: I don't know. Do you want to try to pick up where Bryce? Dude, I don't even know where it was, okay. man. You guys cool. just we'll fire on. away. No, no, no. Right. no I, I, I'm curious. You know, we're talking about prospecting. Are, are people are people still having success with open houses?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, everything works, man. Really? All right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you something doesn't work, or you need to do this, you need to do that. There's people that crush it with open houses. There's people that crush it with Zillow leads and Facebook leads and poll calling and networking events and it, everything works, right? You got to figure out what works best for you and whatever that is, better be creating five or I mean, 10 conversations, real life conversations with the type of people who own the type of property you want to sell or whatever. It, it, it needs to be niched out. Like if you want to go and get into luxury go talk to 10 luxury property owners every day and 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 then the level of your communication skills is going to determine if you're actually going to have five great conversations out of those 10 if you want to do commercial go talk to 10 commercial owners every day if you want to do you know if you want to build a brokerage go talk to 10 agents a day um, whatever it is you know but when you talk to those 10 people and you have those five great conversations that doesn't change your business at all. It's it's after doing it for years is where your business really dramatically changes. And that's the problem right there. Um, you know, it takes agents a good, I think the average is like six months to your first deal or something like that. And it's still, right. after, it was like that back when I was in 2002, and it's still like that today. You know, even with all the great advancements in technology and stuff, how is that? Right. You know, wouldn't you think that speed the process up just a tad, you know, with all the information people have and how easy it is to communicate and stuff like that? Yeah, you got some agents to come in and sell the first month and stuff like that. But we're talking averages here and it's just it, 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 it the process is is such a lag, you know, in real estate. Um, and, and most people just can't, you know, they can't stomach the emotional ups and downs and, uh, how long the process really takes. Yeah. It's it's a long
1: runway. It's a long runway to build up your business. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it's a long mm -hmm. runway and it's relational. And Mm -hmm. these are big transactions. You're not selling trinkets that you can sell two of your first day. This is the biggest transact. This is the biggest spend most people will ever have in their lives is buying their, their home, you know? And so it, It's understandable that that runway is so long, but like you said, if it's done right and you treat this like a business, you hit your your front door every day and you go out there and work it, you know, it, it can it can be done, but a lot of these agents who have kind of had the easy ride over the last few years, I feel like, are going to need folks like you to really start paying attention um, to to what you're putting out there and these these systems that you believe in and and uh, preach about that that help agents not only grow but we'll be able to sustain them through different market uh, conditions. Cause the market conditions are changing right now and maybe they're I'm always changing yeah, though. Yeah, right? true, so true. 2018
2: was true. different than 2019 to 2020, yeah. 21, 22 next year. It'll be different. 24 will be different. Right. They're, it's always different. Sometimes every it's year. more
1: dramatic or drastic um, during certain periods.
2: Those dramatic swings, though, are such a yeah. positive moment, though, for I agree. agents. I agree. All right? It, it's 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 such an opportunity every single time. Um, you know, so no pe- people need to get their philosophies in check with the way that they view the business, the industry, their career, their market cycles. You know, they need to get that in check, and then. Once you understand, okay, five new friends a day for five years, and I'm home free. It doesn't matter what the market does. Now we got to put our systems in place. How are we going to remarket to these people? How are we going to come in contact with these people? And I think that, you know, I'm like the oldest millennial in the world. So, so I grew up with no social media, um, you know, but I'm young enough to to understand how to use it. Hence, why we're here right now. So, so the reason why I was such a dangerous agent is because, um, I understood like the hard knocks, you know, sit down and make calls all day, part of the business. But then I also understood the tech side. And so I was the best of both worlds. And I think that's something that agents need to think about is, is how can I, you know, utilize social media, but then also stay on the phone, Right. Having conversation after conversation after conversation after conversation with people that may do business with me now or in the future and can just build that thing up um, on the back of, you know, a really strong work ethic. It's it's complex, man. It really, really, it takes a, it honestly, it takes a special person to be a real estate agent. You know, you got to kind of have a, a, a perfect little it factor mix of a lot of different things.
0: I think you, you said something that, I find intriguing, so you talk about the tech side of being a real estate agent, and then you also talk about being on the phone and I can't really speak for you know i don't know twenty five year old real estate agent but i've I gotta think most of the younger generation looking to get into real estate doesn't think about banging out four five six hour phone blocks that they're probably more focused on. Um, the social media side of things or Zillow or can you, uh, can you speak on that? Like the mix between, you know, tech and still banging out the phones. I find it, I think there's going to be a lot of people that find it useful, you know, he- hearing you talk about how much you're on
2: the phone. Well, you need to be on the phone about three hours a day, just straight prospecting. And, um, you know, for me, I understood the conversation was the gatekeeper of all closings pretty early. So, You know, I could go and spend $100 per lead on Zillow or, you know, do open houses and stuff like that. Or I could just get all the property owners phone numbers for literally pennies and just start calling people and have these conversations. So for me, it was kind of a hack, you know, instead of going through all this, see, like, here's the conversation. And then you have all these activities that lead right back to the conversation. Social media, it's it's got a filter to a to a conversation, you know, open houses, conversation, networking, conversation, every single little thing comes back to conversation. So instead of spending time and money on all these activities that come back to the same thing anyway, I just said, well, I'll just sit here and skip all that and just have conversations. And so even through all the technological boom we've had and all this stuff and all the different, you know, gizmos and gadgets and websites and software and lead gen tools and all this stuff, I just still feel like the entire thing is a hack for me the way that I do it. Because, you know, if you call a Zillow lead, right, or let's say you do a video, people have an idea of who you are and how you sound and your voice and your mannerisms. Until they talk to you and see how you interact with them, they're still not sold on you. And at that point, if you don't have communication skills, you lost. No matter how you slice it up, you've got to be good at talking to people. So you can't get around that either. So again, as I break it down, it's like, let me just work on my communication skills that I'm going to have to have anyway. And then I'll just call people out of the blue and make friends with them because that's what I'm going to have to do anyway. And I can do that for pennies rather than spend all this time, money, and energy doing all these other things that come right back to the same thing. I get Ozilla Lee, I got to call them. You know, I get an open house. I got to make a list of people that came through the door the next day, sit down, call them. Everything comes back to making a list of people to call. Facebook leagues, lead, 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 lead. The next day, call, 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 call. I'm just calling people. If I'm not calling, nothing's going to happen. And if. You know, if I'm a team that I've got somebody calling the leads for me, it's all coming back to real conversations. So, with technology and what you're saying, and social media and the younger generation and everything, they have to understand this, A, and then B, understand how to use social media to get to the conversation. For me, since social media is free and you can really touch a lot of people for nothing, um, it just costs you time you know, it's, it's a work in progress. You're not just going to put out a video and then, and then everything's going to happen for you. And you're not just going to make phone calls and everything's going to happen for you. You have to practice at this stuff that you get good at over time. But, you know, for me, if I were a new agent right now, I would just cold call people and I would create content for social. I would do both. You know, i would be very, uh, I would engage, engage, engage on both fronts. And I would use social to try to funnel back to phone calls you know, And I think a lot of people are using social to funnel back to um, hopefully somebody calls them. Mm-hmm. right? And they're, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the problem with real estate agents on social are that hopefully leads just pour in, and then what are you going to do with them? Well, you got to call them now, right? But leads don't just pour in. Leads trickle in, one here, one there, whatever, um, unless you're paying for ads. And that's a whole different Conversation with with the real true process that you have to put together there, um, you know that's a
0: and, I mean, that's and, a long drawn out process. And Scotty and I don't know because um, that's not it's not part of our business. But when you're talking about ads and Zillow leads, you're talking you're talking massive money, aren't you?
2: I mean, there's guys spending a million dollars a year. I know, on, I know of one. On I know of
0: one a half a mile down the street from our office. I mean, what would you guys saying
2: of- is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a Zillow lead. You know, what's what's the cost of a Zillow lead?
0: I mean, I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. I mean, oh, I have yeah. no clue. It's not. It. It's doesn't it really factor in. Um, you know, to our business, yeah. but I mean,
2: I I mean, have heard everything you, uh, from a hundred bucks to three hundred to a thousand bucks. You know, I've heard all kinds of.
1: You we know. bought Zillow like a zip code one time for some agent for that some we ages. had, mm-hmm. yeah, to bring some agents in. But that's I, I mean, so, yeah, I mean that's not our know, business. So
2: we don't. The thing is, is okay. Let's say you're a team leader, right? You got this no. team, and you know, you got ISAs and fire <laughs> agents and all this stuff. You got to keep them busy. got to get some leads coming in. Well, instead of spending a hundred dollars per lead or whatever, why wouldn't you spend a hundred dollars on shoot ten thousand property owners' phone numbers? Right. You know, or whatever that comes out to. Um we had uh, a... lead plus on Red X, you can get seventy five hundred per month for I think it's a hundred and twenty bucks. Seventy five hundred property owners that you choose for like less than $0. two cents. It's like 2. Mm-hmm. one and a half cents per um, you know per property owner so we there's a 10 percent pickup rate so now you're at 15 cents per pickup and then one out of two is a great conversation you're at 30 cents per great conversation with the exact property owner zillow is giving you random people in your markets contact information for 10 for 100 dollars you don't know what they own if they own if they're renting what they're doing over here exact person you want to talk to great conversation 30 cents. Let's say those numbers, let's say you're horrible at it and it's a dollar per great conversation, right? Let's say it's three times worse than what I'm saying. A dollar per great conversation, not lead that came in that didn't answer. The conversation's over. You had the conversation. You had a great conversation. They own the exact property you want to sell, whether it's commercial, luxury, you know, low end, high end, mid, whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So for a team leader, I don't know why all the team leaders don't just say, "Here, here's 3,500 property owners per month for a hundred dollars. Knock yourself out, team. Call them till your ears bleed. You know, let's call around our listing. Let's let's call about our listings. Let's call for buyers we can't find properties for, and have little projects for your team to go out and conquer these subdivisions and stuff for literally pennies. You spend a, a hundred dollars." You know, for all the leads you can handle. <laughs>
1: it's nuts. It's yeah, great info. Yeah, that's that's really good info. It's I find it interesting the way you break Um, kind of specialties out too. Um, We we had a couple of uh, agents back in the day who had a little niche that was uh, for uh, veterans. And um, through the VA, they got a bunch of leads and and other things. But there's all kinds of niches, like you said, that if you you know, for for your agents to focus on. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel about a shotgun approach where you just go after anything you can? Or do you think each agent should go after a kind of their niche and kind of stick to a product or... What do you preach?
2: I think they should just tackle it niche at a time. You know, when you're new, I think you should start out with, uh, the average price of your market. That's the best bang for your buck. That's going to be your highest, you know, uh, price. You know, it's going to be the best ROI on your time. When you get into the higher luxury stuff, that's way over the average price of the market. That stuff tends to be a hit or miss and right. take longer to sell and stuff like that. But you still want to get into that, you know? Um, but you start at the average price of the market and really, you know, get some momentum there before you start kind of dabbling into these other niche niches. But, um, no, I, I think, uh, listen, as a new agent, you should you should kind of be in a shotgun approach style in the beginning. You know, like all your sphere, call all the for sale by call all the expires, call, you know, every subdivision you can. Do all the social media stuff, like do it all. Because in the beginning, not only are you trying to get to that first deal as quick as you can, but you're still in discovery mode as well to right. see what two best prospecting methods work best for you that you can go all in on and throw everything else away.
1: I think there's going to be agents out there who don't even know about the concept of calling all expireds because nothing was expiring over the last few years in a lot of markets.
2: It doesn't matter if nothing was expired you know, because you can go back 10 years worth of expires, withdrawns, and canceleds, and you got 10 years worth, and you call them. You know, hey, saw your house was on the market a couple of years ago. Whatever happened with that? Boom! They tell you a story. They tell you if they resold it, what they're doing now, where they're moving, what they're doing. Oh, you got an agent? I'd love to help you. Boom! Those have always been the best calls for me. Those old, expireds—two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years old. It doesn't matter if nothing was expiring. You know, you get—you got to get creative. You know, you can't just say, "Oh, there's no expired." So, well, what about all the people that expired last year and the year before and the year before who? Oh, well, they might have resold. Who gives a shit? Right. Right. They they own a property. If they sold, they bought something else. They're living somewhere else. They invested somewhere else. They're thinking about doing something now, right? A lead is any human in your market, right? If you just get me on the phone with a human that's in my market and let me see how they're doing, get to know them and what their real estate plans are, and if they already have an agent they're working with.
1: That's all I need. I love it. You're a bulldog. You just you 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 find you, you don't find you don't take no I've noticed it sounds like you don't take no and if someone tells you something well you know this is why I don't call expired you have an answer for it and it's that mindset that I think that we see in a lot of successful people in the real estate industry which is you don't give up because you're gonna hear no over and over there's always going to be a reason why something doesn't work there's always going yeah. to be a reason why it's hard yeah
0: he's got a wedding ring on so he takes no from time to time yeah <laughs> you know so you
1: yeah. know but
2: you know that's the same thing with a lot of agents. Like the agents last year that were complaining about no inventory, those same agents are complaining about too much inventory this year. Right? You got the agents who go from brokerage to brokerage and blame each brokerage every time they leave that the last brokerage is the reason why they didn't succeed. Yeah. Um, right. So winners are going to win in any market, and they're going to win at any brokerage, and uh, that's just the bottom line. If you're if you're a winner, you're winning. And if you're a loser, then you have this losing mentality that, you know, things aren't going to work out, and the market's this and that, or, you know, your brokerage didn't do this. That's loser talk. Right. I love it.
0: Well, we we always close with 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 a, a few questions, but I but I want to ask um, first, just so our listeners know, um, tell us tell us uh, your books where and where they can uh, where they can find you.
2: Dude, the best place for me, um, I got a big following on YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. But the best place is Instagram, really, because I answer all the messages every day there. Um, yeah, I spend a couple hours a day answering messages there to make sure I'm caught up every day. Um, so it's a good place to reach out and say hello. The link in the bio pretty much goes everywhere. diamond.com is the free coaching program. There's a 60-day challenge. We do free one-on-one coaching. I've got about 20 certified coaches that work with us. And, um, it's a, it's a community, you know, it's a social media platform as well for you to connect with other agents and stuff like that. Um, What's your Instagram? So
1: What's your Instagram? My name, Ricky okay. Caruth. Okay. Easy. Well, yeah.
2: And then of course, you know, I'm on tour, you know, I just, I don't know how many, we probably did a dozen shows this year. Um, I'll be in Vegas next week. I've got Biloxi and Orlando and New York on the books. Um, I actually just got a call from the uh, CEO of private property. It's pretty much the Zillow in South Africa. You know, they're bringing me, they wanted me to come this in like a couple of weeks. I was like, can't pull that off. But wow, next year, I'm going to go speak at their events. Um, I'm really excited about it because it's, it's a 5,000 person, like all the big wigs of EXP and um, Remax and uh, Pam Golden, which is a big brokerage over there, like all the tech companies in South Africa. It's kind of like, it's kind it's, Kind of similar to, I guess, Inman here. Okay. Um, yeah. In the U.S. as far as the event goes, put on by private property. Okay. So yeah, dude, they're gonna fly us and the family out. We're gonna. They got a safari. Right. Ra- I'm. I'm excited about that one.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's Incredible. cool. Okay. Well, we'll. We'll. Uh, here's. Here's our three questions. The first one is, in in relation to real estate, what is the best decision you've ever made?
2: Best decision I ever made was to do real estate. Easy. I mean, honestly, you know, I felt too, or I felt a history class. I went to four different colleges in two years, didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, when I took the real estate class, I didn't really know because once I took it, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be a real estate agent forever. It's like on your driver's license. I don't have to do anything. I can just sell houses. But unfortunately, you got to pick a brokerage, you got to take a uh, post license, you got to pay your dues every year and, you know, take do continuing ed and stuff like that, which I didn't realize when I started taking the class, I was like, Oh man, this is too much commitment for me. I'm <laughs> like 20 years old. I don't know if I want to do this. And, uh, just, you know, I did some real soul searching and, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I I'm think I'm going to go for this. And once I commit, it's over. I'm going to go all in. But I knew when I was a real little kid, like my vision was I'm going to work really hard, be the hardest working guy in the world, make a lot of money and then turn around and help people. I had no idea what vehicle I was going to do all that. Like I had this vision when I was real little and um, here I am, you know, I've, I've, you know, worked hard, been successful, made money and now turn around helping, you know, people all around the world. It's really surreal, it's honestly. Awesome. But the best decision was committing, right? Was to was uh, you know, picking a path and just sticking to it. And, you know, even when I lost everything and went back to roofing houses, went bankrupt, sleeping in my car, eating out of people's refrigerators, worked on an oil rig for a year, I never gave up on real estate. I just was kind of taking a break, trying to figure out where I went wrong and how I could come back and really crush it. So
0: Gotta keep punching. Gotta keep punching. Mm-hmm. Say it all the time. Uh, what real estate decisions, if any, do you regret?
2: Ah, uh, do I regret? I regret not getting on social media earlier, honestly, because mm-hmm. I didn't touch social media, in my real estate business. I didn't touch social media till I started real estate coaching. I still haven't used social media, in my real estate business at all, really to speak of. And, um, I think, that was a, I think that was a big mistake um, that I regret is just not getting on social earlier um, and trying to build my brand. I mean, if I would have started building this brand back in 2010, you know, holy smokes, you know, it would be a totally different ball game with the way the platforms were back then. I'm going to um, disagree
0: with you. After having this conversation with you, I think that you not being on social media made you the real estate agent, um, the real estate expert that you are you know, with banging out the phones and being relational, I think, you know, being slow to social media was part of your success,
2: actually. Well, honestly, mm-hmm. I was reaching there. I really don't have anything I regret. But.
0: <laughs> that's, I why I said, it. It. that's
2: why I said, if any. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, but, but you're right. I just see that. And it comes back to two things that were going all in. I was blinded. I didn't even see social media. I was so focused on the things I was doing that was working and just building on those activities that it wasn't even on my radar. Um, you know, and you're right. It, it was a good thing because it, it created who I was and trust me, I'm real happy. I don't, there's really not a whole lot of regrets. Any regret I had that was a mistake or a misstep just, you know, helps me learn, you know, and in turn, you know, put me in a position to, to do better. So you're right.
0: It's like mm-hmm. the Frank Sinatra song, Regrets, I Have a Few, yeah. but then again, too mm-hmm. few to mention. Yep. Uh, uh, lastly, I think this should be easy for you uh, because you, of all your coaching. Um, what real estate advice do you have for the next generation?
2: Well, uh, I mean, it, it all comes down to a couple things. Philosophy. Right, understanding the market cycles, that closings are going to happen every day, no matter what. I mean, even through 2008, the worst real estate crash that we've ever seen. Um, you know, I think it would be pretty tough to to beat that one as far as like worst crashes. It could happen, but you still had four million sales that year at the low. Um, and so, it's just something to really think about that it's no matter what happens in the market, the relationships you build and how you remarket to those people. And accumulate those relationships over time and create that original custom content for um it doesn't matter what the market does if you're in sales where you just talk to people they buy or sell or not and you forget about them and that's it and you're just moving on trying to find sales your business will fluctuate with the market's ups and downs and you'll crash if the market crashes and you'll do great if the market's doing great but if you build your business on branding and having these great conversations and accumulating these relationships and remarketing to these people forever and building that list, you'll withstand any market swing. You'll just continue chugging along, you know? Um, So that's the biggest advice I have for the next generation is just understanding that conversation is the key to all closings. Focus whatever you're doing on, how many conversations I can have on a daily basis and accumulating those people on those great first impressions you're making into a database that you remarket to. I always did a weekly email. You know, Wednesday, every Wednesday since 2007, I did a weekly email, and it's literally why I closed 100 deals a year for eight years in a row because it was really an accumulation of all the people I met back in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, that I closed all the deals with in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20,
1: 21. I just want to say that um, I, I I hope people really paid attention t- to what you just said and have said throughout this this podcast about the relational aspect of real estate. Every single thing that Clint and I do and all of our businesses are built on relationships and the, building those relations. Transactions mean nothing to either of us. It's about building those relationships and the transactions will happen. And it's- Well, about I mean, you make a good term. point. Here's,
2: and, and I'll add to it. When I go to a listing appointment or show a buyer or talk to a prospect, I don't care if they buy or sell or not. Yeah, I could hear less because I'm working the law of large numbers, which means if, I have, if I'm if i doing my job to talk to enough people, I'm going to close a certain amount of deals. certain amount of people won't do deals with me today but do deals with me tomorrow, and a certain amount will never do business with me, right? They either don't like me or have another agent or whatever the case may be, and that's okay. We're going to build our business on the 20 30% of people who we talk to who love us to death. You know, and that's another part that a lot of agents can't wrap their head around is going through all the 70% of people who don't like them or have another agent or whatever. Yeah. And it hurts their heart for no reason, right? They'll never see that person or, you know, it doesn't do any, it shouldn't affect you whatsoever. It should actually make you smile because you check the box on that person that they're not going to do business with you. And now we can focus on the people who do. That's right
1: great advice.
0: Well, we really thank you for coming on, Ricky. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. That is our show for today. We thank you for kicking it with the homeboys. We thank Ricky Carruth for joining us today. Please follow him, Zero to Diamond Coaching. You can also find him, Ricky Carruth, on Instagram and YouTube. If you're an agent, listen to this guy. He's done it, and he can teach you how to do it. If you want to learn work ethic, he's done that too. Follow him. Till next time, happy investing.